we bring attention to the faculty of hearing, we listen closely, apart from the, the sounds of the other people in the temple, the wind blowing across the roof. the sounds of the world outside, if we pay attention, then for most people it's possible to discern a, an inner sound, a continuous, high-pitched inner tone, like a, a white noise from a, a speaker, from a radio continuous high-pitched inner ringing tone here in the background of, of the faculty of hearing. If we pay attention, we might be able to discern this. Many people are very familiar with this as a, a meditation object, but if it's new, you as an idea, as an experience. See if you can find that. Bring attention to the faculty of hearing and listen. Like a continuous, silvery, subtle sound without beginning, without end. In Sanskrit, this is called nada, which just means sound. And the presence of this in our perception can be used as a, a very effective meditation object, just like the breath or the, the feeling of our, our feet walking along the ground. And when we develop this uh, listening to the inner sound, not just as a concentration object, not just to fix the attention on that and to exclude everything else, we can also develop the listening to it as a support for ongoing mindfulness. Sati-sampajanya, mindfulness, clear comprehension, intuitive awareness, mindfulness and wisdom. The continual presence of the sound can help us to remember. It supports the quality of inner seclusion, citta viveka. We might be able to hear it most clearly while we're sitting still with our eyes closed, but even when the body is walking around, our eyes are open, the sound is still here. Even if the wind is blowing, there's a lot of noise going on around us, underneath it, behind it. The sound is still there. But we can develop a, a continuous attention, an ongoing attention, 
to that inner sound, to the nada. And it supports this quality of disentanglement, seclusion, jitta viveka, upadi viveka. Because as we listen to it, as we listen to the, the sound and open the heart to its presence, it's an automatic reminder that the world happens in the mind. The world happens here. We hear a sound, feel a sensation in the body, see colors and shapes and forms, notice a smell or a flavor, taste. Just as we recite in the fire sermon, this is eye consciousness, eye contact, the feeling arising from eye contact. Ear contact, the feelings arising from hearing. Nose, tongue, body, mind. The sense contact with eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind. And the feelings, pleasant, painful, neutral, that arise from them. These are all mental events. We say the sound of the wind, the wind is blowing around the temple. But that sound is represented in the mind by hearing consciousness. Sotavinyanam. Sota Sampaso. Contact through the ear, through hearing. We say, I feel a pain in my knee. Where is the knee? The perceptions of the knee. Those feelings, potaba, body consciousness, pleasant, painful, neutral, known in the mind. Everything that is seen, heard, smelt, tasted, touched, thought, these are all known through the agency of this mind. They happen here. We say, my thoughts are inside. The wind is outside. But inside and outside are arbitrary, conventional definitions. Whether it's labeled inside or outside, it's all experienced here. Feeling consciousness, Thinking consciousness, hearing consciousness, they all happen right here in the sphere of this awareness, in this heart, this mind. They're known here. Everything that we've ever known throughout our life, from the time of our birth, before we could think or speak, walk around, move, before we knew our own name, through childhood, adolescence, adulthood, to right now. Every single thing that has ever happened in our life has been known 
through the agency of this mind. It's all happened here. The buildings, the cities, the rivers, mountains, planes and ships, cars and trains, buildings, forests. So that's the world outside. But every forest, every tree, every ocean has been perceived through the agency of this mind. So the development of inner listening, this listening to the nada sound, helps to remind us, helps to keep that in perspective. The world is happening here. Like the sound is present here as a backdrop to all experience. It keeps everything in a context. This is what the Buddha called the world. So that in the world whereby one is a perceiver of the world and a conceiver of the world, that is called the world in this Dhamma and discipline. And what is it whereby one is a perceiver of the world, a conceiver of the world? The eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, the mind. So the world, according to the Buddha, is the world of our experience. It's not saying that it's all a dream or there's no basis for those perceptions. But all we can know of the world is what is known here, through this mind. Through these conditioned perceptions and feelings. On the human scale of experience. That's what can be known. That's our world. So we don't experience the world, we experience our mind's representation of the world, our own version of the world. If you're hungry, the smell of food is attractive, interesting. If you're full, it's off-putting, irritating, unpleasant. If you're afraid, the people that you see are often perceived as a threat, dangerous. If your heart is filled with loving kindness, the people that you see are an opportunity for well-wishing, benevolence. People are not a threat, they're an object of loving kindness, well-wishing. If the mind is absorbed in aversion, then the people are irritating, annoying, in the way. Shouldn't be that way. The world, loka, is the world of our experience. And that arises here in this heart, this mind. It's known here, takes shape and dissolves here. As the Buddha said, in this fathom-long body, there is the world, the origin of the world, the cessation of the world, 
and the way leading to the cessation of the world. As we develop the practice, then it's more and more clear how the world arises here in this space of our awareness. We see, hearing, liking, disliking, approving, disapproving, gaining, losing. We see it arising, taking shape, dissolving. The more the mind develops this quality of mindful awareness, awakened knowing, vicha, then the more able it is not to get born into that world, not to get born into fearing, hoping, liking, disliking, gaining, losing. It's not born into that world. It doesn't grasp it. Instead, it knows it, loka vidu. The awake mind is the knower of the world. The Buddha is loka vidu, that which knows the world. It doesn't reject the world, it doesn't possess the world. It knows the world. Though the development of the practice, and particularly this inner seclusion, is all part of the development of wisdom, insight. Seeing our own body, our own mind, the world in a different way. Seeing it clearly, truly. Seeing how the mind gives value to things, gives them meaning. Creates things as important or interesting, attractive, unattractive, mine or yours. The mind designates those qualities into being. They're not there on their own. Now, the more this can be recognized, the habits of mind chasing after the liked, fighting against the disliked, the more those habits are recognized, the more the heart is not compelled to follow them. Seeing thus the wise noble disciple becomes dispassionate towards the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Nibindati becomes cool. doesn't mean there's a rejection of thought and feeling, emotion, a rejection of the world and people and things, but rather it's a balancing of the mind's attention in relationship to those perceptions. It's an attunement to the time, the place, the situation. Now, to develop this attunement, this kind of unentangled participating, this inner listening is a very powerful, helpful tool. 
it helps us to remember that the world is happening here in this mind. My voice is hearing consciousness known in your mind. You might think, well, Ajahn Amaro is out there on the, the cushion with the microphone, but this sound is in your mind. The perception, Ajahn Amaro, is in your mind. And the more that there is that direct realization that the world happens here, the more that you are only and always ever here. There's a presence, a stillness. You never really get anywhere because wherever you get to, it's always here. There's only here. So what this does, this changes the perspective. There's a quality of stillness, peacefulness, ease. We let the world come through our mind rather than always being me going somewhere. As Lumpur Sumato put it, there's nobody going anywhere. There are just conditions of mind that are changing. So there's a restfulness in changing the perspective in this way. As the body walks along, you're always here. As the perception of the body moving, it's like the lungs inflating, deflating, air coming and going. But that which knows the coming and going of the breath is not coming and going. That which knows the body walking along is always here. It's not going anywhere. There's the perception of the body moving, but it's known within this infinite stillness, spaciousness of this heart, this mind. Here, outside of time, outside of space, ever present. So we can think of this, regard this as the ending of becoming when the heart is tied to changing things, it's always caught in that habit of becoming. When it lets go, it doesn't identify with changing things. The becoming stops. So Buddha said, with upadi, with the essentials of existence, suffering is. With the ending of all clinging, suffering is no more. when there's a disentanglement, a non-grasping of perceptions and things, thoughts, feelings, there's this infinite quality of rest, spaciousness, stillness, peacefulness. Bhava nirodho nibbanang, the cessation of becoming is nibbana. And the ending of becoming isn't as though I was becoming something and then it just stopped. But rather, it's awakening to that dimension of the mind which was never tied up with becoming, that was never born, never dies. The unborn, the deathless, ever present. It's always been here. 
but wasn't recognized. So when we say the cessation of becoming, it's not like a genuine real thing that was moving and changing and then stopped forever. It's rather the awakening to that which is unborn, undying, outside of time. It's always been here. It's the very foundation of of being, of this experience of, of knowing, of being. And there's no need to create a concept about it. To come up with a perfect expression of what it is or how we think of it. The most important, the only real important thing is to be that. Be that wakeful awareness, vicha, knowing. And in that knowing is that infinite peacefulness, spaciousness, boundlessness. <laughs>